Experience Action Let's stop just talking about customer experience, employee experience, and the experience of leaders. Let's turn ideas into action. Your host, Jeannie Walters, is an award-winning customer experience expert, international keynote speaker, and founder of Experience Investigators, a strategic consulting firm helping companies increase sales and customer retention through elevated customer experiences. Ready, set, action. Hey everyone, it's Jeannie Walters. I'm so glad you're here. And thank you for the continued excellent questions that you're sending my way at speakpipe.com slash experience action. This listener left us a great question. We're going to dig into this topic. So let's listen in. I would love real life examples on CX improvement with, let's say, airlines or uh, consumer product goods or really any categories where it's constantly evolving. And I believe there's one brand that generally evolves faster than the other. Uh, so I'd love to get some insights on more uh, category specifics. You're the best. Ah. That's so nice. Thanks, listener. You know what? You're the best, too. I have to admit that sometimes I geek out on strategy, right? And I talk a lot about, oh my gosh, this is how you have to set everything up. And I'm sorry, I'm a little bit of a customer experience strategy nerd. That's just the way it is. So this question was fantastic because we're going to get out of that nerdiness for a minute and talk about real things that organizations are doing. And while I'm going to focus on the two industries that the caller asked about, which were airlines and consumer packaged goods, CPG, uh, I also want to say to anybody who might not be in those industries, we all learn from each other. We all look to other industries to get inspiration and ideas. So I encourage you to have an open mind if maybe you're not in these industries just to get some ideas and inspiration. So the question is really about what are some of those best practices? What are some of those examples that are happening? And before we go there, I want to point out kind of why this is so important. There are a couple reasons. One is that when we ask leaders, and actually MIT Sloan Management Review published a result of a survey where they surveyed 2,670 business leaders worldwide including leaders from retail and consumer packaged goods companies about their organization's customer experience. And essentially what they heard was just 15% of respondents say they're significantly outperforming the competition on customer experience quality. So that means 85% are saying, nope, we're not even close. We can't stay ahead of our competition with our customer experience strategy. Specifically in retail and CPG, these industries appear to be slightly ahead of the pack. So 17% of respondents of that category actually said that they qualified as leaders in CX strategy. So what are the characteristics here? Well, I think a lot of it has to be, sorry to geek out again, everybody, about elevating customer experience strategy to the same level as other efforts like digital transformation, like all of the ways that we're connecting data, that all relates to customer experience strategy. So I I wanted to just get a little introspective there because I think a lot of this does depend on how leaders see customer experience as a strategy so that they actually are willing to invest in it so that they can try these new ideas, they can innovate, they can give customers 
what they actually want. Now, when we talk about why this is important again, I think it's also fair to say that it's no small thing that customers time and time again say that they will repeat business, they will spend more, they will be a more loyal customer and actually forgive you for the things that you do mess up on if the customer experience is consistently delivered. So that's why this is so important. Now, this is great timing to talk about airlines because we all just got through that holiday mess that was created from the blizzards and the weather conditions around the holidays in 2022, as well as the Southwest kind of technology meltdown and staffing meltdown that they had. Now, Southwest has had to testify in front of Congress. They have had to you know, release millions of dollars in refunds and retribution to the customers who were pretty much stranded. They've really paid for what happened there. The interesting thing that I'm watching is how many, many passengers of Southwest Airlines, those that were already loyal, are actually saying things like, you know what, it was terrible, but it's not enough to drive me away because I see them trying because their customer service is based around people. It's around the flight attendants and the pilots, and they've been very vocal about the fact that they were trying to do their best work for customers and because of the systems and the processes in place basically becoming antiquated, they could not do that. The customers who are longtime customers are hearing that and are reporting that they're willing to continue to give Southwest the benefit of the doubt. Now, I want to put a little asterisk on that and say, This is a great example of when you invest long-term, how when things do mess up, you actually have a higher likelihood of being forgiven, of having those customers stick with you. However, those customers who flew Southwest Airlines for the first time or were not frequent travelers at all, they most likely will not be invested enough emotionally to give another chance to Southwest. That is their impression of a Southwest experience. So... While it's great that they are probably going to hang on to many of their loyal customers, the flip side of that is they probably didn't earn any new customers through that experience. So that's just an example of what happens when you do have a customer experience that isn't delivered. So I think it's interesting. I'm going to be watching what their loyalty numbers look like over the next few months, because I think it's going to tell a story about what loyalty can really look like when things maybe don't go as well as we want them to, right? So when it comes to airlines, customer experience is a really interesting place to dig in because a lot of times we think of the customer experience as getting on the plane, checking our baggage, things like that. Some of that, the airline itself can control. Some of it, they can't. They can't necessarily control how the security lines work in a specific airport They can't control certain things. So a few interesting things that I've been watching. One is that airports themselves are actually taking on the mantle of, you know what, we have to provide a better customer experience. And this is showing up in a couple of ways. And I encourage you as you travel, look around for these things. Some airports now, you'll notice security lines are always a point of anxiety for all of us, whether you're a frequent traveler or it's something that, you know, you're taking a big trip, you haven't been on a plane for a while. 
everybody gets nervous about, is the line going to be too long? Am I going to miss my flight? Do I have to take my shoes off? Do I have to take my laptop out? What's the rule here? So a couple of airports are being really creative about this. Number one, they are starting to put up time in display. So you can look at a line and say, okay, it looks like that's going to take me 20 minutes to get through. So they're giving you some estimates. That alone actually alleviates customer anxiety. So if you can do things like that and be proactive, that helps eliminate a lot of the anxiety of, oh my gosh, is this going to work? The other thing that you'll see is that they were kind of in the beginning of having all these different rules for security. A lot of airports were just relying on TSA agents saying it over and over again. And I'm sure you you all who are frequent travelers like me, you can relate to this. Yep. You know, they say, please make sure your liquids are empty. Please make sure that you pull out any electronics, Kindles, iPads, iPhones, and they literally start listing them off. It's not the most exciting thing when you're traveling. <laughs> and it can it can be irritating because you hear it again and again as you're standing in this long line. So a lot of that was because that was the only method they had to really communicate with passengers in line. Now, many of them have much better signage than they used to. They even are starting to use things like the conveyor belt and the trays themselves to explain what to do. And so you can look into one of the trays and it says, here's what you need to put in this tray. Little cues like that actually go a long way to the customer experience because, again, we're eliminating some of that anxiety instead of just, you know, forcing people to kind of go through it. So there are some interesting things happening with airports as well. But I think that when we look at some of the airlines that are doing well, the names won't surprise you. They've been at the top for a while. They are JetBlue, uh, Alaska Airlines in the United States, as well as Southwest. And when we look at those airlines, a lot of what they focus on is the passenger experience, the customer experience. How can we make sure people are more comfortable? Some of that translates into things that not every customer will like. Southwest is a good example of this. There are many, many travelers who say, I will never fly Southwest because I need a seat. Because Southwest has a very unique offering where you actually stand in line, you're either an A seat or a B seat, you stand at A10, you get on the plane and you can choose your seat. Very different than most other airlines. Some people think that is crazy and they can't handle not having that seat. So they will literally exclude themselves as a customer from that experience. Now, this is interesting to think about because what Southwest is doing is saying, we're going to treat our customers really well and we're going to do our best for them. But they know that they're not going to appeal to everybody. And I think that's a lesson for a lot of customer experience leaders as well. There are times you cannot appeal to everybody. And so you have to put a stake in the ground. Who are we to whom? And I know you've heard me say this before, but a lot of it comes back to your customer experience mission. Southwest Airlines has a mission around service. That's what makes them a little different here. So a couple of things that are happening in airlines right now, many of them are changing their loyalty programs to be simpler and to be more accessible for people who didn't want to do complex math <laughs> to figure out are they going to make their status and do they have enough miles? They're making it a lot simpler. American is doing this. I believe United is doing this as well, where they're kind of taking away the rules about 
segments and this mile versus this mile. It's more about dollars spent. So it's a little more straightforward. That is an evolution that I think people will be very uncomfortable with in in the beginning just because it's change. But I think long-term customers will actually really like that. So many things happening in airlines right now, and they are trying to figure out how to be more profitable, how to be more efficient, and how to make sure they can stay up with their technology and processes and systems when, frankly, some of the airports, some of the infrastructure isn't there yet either. So there's a lot around this, but I would say look at uh, Delta. Delta has absolutely invested in the customer experience in big, big ways in the last few years, and that has reflected a surge in their place in the market. So they actually have jumped to have more flights, more passengers, more hubs uh, in the last, I would say, two decades because of this investment. They have been investing in the customer experience. Things like free Wi-Fi. Delta was the first one to come up with that and say, hey, everybody wants it. Everybody hates paying for it. We're just going to offer it on on our flights. Now, it seems like a small thing, but uh, all the others had to follow suit too, right? So uh, that was an innovation that was interesting. Some of them now are bouncing back to offer premium seating, premium alcoholic drinks, things like that to some of their best customers as well. So there is a lot going on with uh, with airlines and customer experience. You also asked about the CPG industry, which is consumer packaged goods. And this is interesting because a lot of the CPG examples aren't really examples about the customer themselves and and kind of the product itself. It's more about the environment and the relationship that they build with the brand. And so one of the things that I saw recently that I thought was interesting was Coca-Cola actually has really invested in being more out there, I would say, around social causes. And the reason they're doing this is because millennials and Gen Z are looking around and trying to decide, how can I align my values with the brands that I participate with? They are pickier about how they spend their money. They want to make sure that their values are aligned with the brands that they interact with. So Coke has created the Coca-Cola Foundation Um, It's given back more than $1 billion with a B since 1984. And they also are looking for ways to really make sure that they are connecting with causes that those generations care about. So one of the things they're doing is investing in local nonprofits. And so what I mean by that is they're finding independent nonprofits who could really use a boost and where the impact will be felt even more because it's local. It's really for those different neighborhoods. By doing that, they're connecting on both the local and the global level, and they're able to really express those values that are so important to millennials, Gen Z, and I would say many others. I'm part of Gen X, and I would say that you know we are also starting to look at how do we make sure that our investments are in the right place that align with our values, that are for this greater good for society. And so I think it's interesting to see the brands doing that. Now, you have to be a little careful here because brands get accused of greenwashing, right? Saying that they're eco-friendly when they're really not, or they're investing in certain social causes, but maybe not as much as we want them to. This happened when breast cancer awareness became a thing with pinkwashing, where if you had a pink package, people assumed that you were actually investing 
in resources and research around breast cancer awareness. However, much of that was not happening. So I encourage brands to do this only if they actually live up to what they're saying. You have to walk the talk. Now, Coca-Cola is a big organization. Have they always walked the talk? No, they have not. However, they have a pretty good reputation around these investments in social causes, and they are investing and actually making sure that they are lining the resources and the funds with the places that will make the biggest impact. So those are a few examples. Uh, This was a great question. It really got me thinking. And I love looking around and observing these parts of the customer experience that do make a difference. And so as you go about your day, as you start observing, really uh, look for those moments that matter to you. Look for the times when you feel neglected as a customer. And let me know if you want to use this voicemail for more than questions. If you just want to share a story, I'm all for that. We all learn from each other. So please drop me a line at speakpipe.com slash experience action. Thank you to the listener who asked this question. Thank you to all of you for being here and keep those great questions coming. And most importantly, keep focusing on your customers because as you know, the mission of my company is to create fewer ruined days for customers. And by you being here with me, by learning, by us sharing these stories, you are helping me live that mission. So thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week. To learn more about our strategic approach to experience, check out free resources at experienceinvestigators.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, our Year of CX program, and more. And please follow me, Jeannie Walters, on LinkedIn. 